stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the welcome back to the second ever show of All Around Sports. Where each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is one eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. As always, it was another wild week in sports, and as usual, I will begin each show with the past week's highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that fascinate us all. So let's get started with my highlights of the week. Boston and the hockey world are still buzzing over last night's Bruins' breakthrough overtime victory over the Montreal Canadiens, punctuated by Andrew Ference giving the, the famous salute with his hand to Montreal Canadiens fans, fulfilling the dream of legions of Bruins fans. The interesting thing about this is he is the last guy you would expect. He's seemingly a mild-mannered, professional-looking, professorial look, actually, with, uh, who was shown the other day wearing thick, black, nerdy glasses. And uh, he is just, again, the last person on earth you would expect to be doing, uh, to be doing what he did last night, which, again, is, has the uh, hockey world all a Twitter, shall we say. This morning, he could not have said it in more different ways that it's just not him to do anything like that. It's clearly, it's clearly just something that he uh, got carried away in the emotion, and I think that just speaks to the emotion of the Canadians-Bruins rivalry, which has just extended for years and has uh they've played over 20 times in the playoffs which is one of the most in all of North American sports and uh 
Yeah, so he is basically, uh, you know, just the poster child so far of the series for him to get so carried away just speaks volumes about all the emotion going on in that series. One of the most interesting things about this series is that uh, no home team has won a game yet. The Canadians, of course, come in and won the first two in the Boston Garden. And the uh, Bruins went up, interestingly enough, to uh, to the Bell Center and won there, which is just uh, an incredible feat. It is probably one of the hardest places in all of North America to play as a visiting team. So it's going to be interesting. As, as we all know, the, they always say that a playoff series doesn't start until a road team wins and... Obviously, that happened in game one and will continue to happen. Uh, so it's going to be fascinating to watch it unfold. Last night's game was, again, you know, interesting in that the team that scored the first goal in each game has won. And last night, the Canadians were ahead 1 nothing, 3 1, and 4 3. And the Bruins came back each time, and it was Ference's goal that made it 3-2 to two and, uh, you know, really made it a game when it would just appear that the Canadians were going to coast at that point, and, in fact, the series would be over. So the interesting thing here is is that, you know, the Bruins, this is the same Bruins team that became about the fifth team in American sports history to blow a 3 3-0 lead last year, and not only was it a 3-0 lead in games when they lost to the Philadelphia Flyers, it was also they had a 3-0 lead in Game 7. So to say that this team's heart was being questioned uh, after the first two losses at home over the last weekend is truly an understatement. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be really fascinating to see uh, how it all unfolds and if the Bruins can indeed, you know, finish the job. And what this really reminds me of a lot is the Red Sox situation back in uh, 03 and 04. As we all remember, uh, the Pedro game, the famous Grady Gate game in Game 7 down in Yankee Stadium in 03 when uh, Grady Little left Pedro in too long, and the Yankees, of course, came back to win that. Literally the next day, the Red Sox went to work and signed Curt Schilling that offseason and then basically went on to uh, 04. We're down 3-0 to the Yankees, as we all well remember, and getting hammered that Saturday night in the Game 3 loss, 19-8 at Fenway Park. And then the Idiots took over, and the rest is history, as they say. And really, this is a lot like that. You know, after the Bruins uh, gave up the 3-0 lead against the Flyers last year, they had reached a low point, as the Red Sox did in 03 with the Pedro game. And then, uh, you know, they needed to, again, reach sort of a new low point this year by going down 2-0, losing the first two games at home to the Canadians uh, this past weekend. And now, all of a sudden, uh, they've came back, came back out of nowhere. I mean, they were just considered dead in the water by everybody here in Boston, basically. And uh, they've managed to tie it up, and we shall see what develops. But it's 
again has uh, some semblance of those Red Sox of the Red Sox come back from down three out of the Yankees in 2004. So sure to be an interesting couple of weekends and a uh, couple of days, I should say, and. We get it going again tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern, when uh, the Canadians visit the Boston Garden, and uh, and we shall see what develops from there. So again, um, there's nothing like the Canadians and the Bruins. Uh, I was at the Game Seven loss, the Bruins lost to the Canadians three, four years ago, and. Tons of Canadian fans came down the highway. Uh, it really works both ways. It's almost a, a la a subway series, a lot like the Yankees Red Sox. And then I also went to uh, the Game 6 famous Saturday night win in Boston in 2008 when the Bruins scored four goals in the third period to tie it up at 3-3 and head back to Montreal. And it was one of the top two or three sporting events I attended in 2008. The, the Boston Garden has never been that electric. The new Boston Garden, I should say. And uh, and that's the night that hockey returned to Boston uh, to take its place beside the Red Sox, Celtics, and Patriots as, you know, once again, one of the big four sports up here. And then in another memorable game just uh, a couple years ago, I also had seats right beside the Canadians' penalty box. Literally, uh, I was up against the glass beside the Canadians' players, whoever may be in that penalty box. And it was uh, something to behold, to see uh, the things that are said, shall we say, down in, uh, down in that area when a, an opposing player, especially a Canadian, is in the, uh, is in the penalty box. So that was my highlight of the week, and my low light of the week uh, was again here in Boston, where I live, which was uh, which was also the Boston Marathon, which was run on Monday, and I was amazed and shocked that they are not giving this runner credit for having a world record, and they're attributing it to. Uh, wind and slight course alterations. Uh, I live 20 minutes from where the Boston Marathon was run. I was here on Monday and the day of the race. And uh, let me assure you, there was nothing unusual going on whatsoever uh, to, you know, make the wind seem like it was just so strong that it would actually, you know, affect a world record. Uh, just, again, could not believe it. It's the most famous race in the world, and for them to not give the guy the world record when he shattered it by a minute or two is just, uh, in my mind, absurd. And it would almost be like not giving Roger Maris credit for hitting his, the 61st home run back in 1961 uh, because there was a lot of wind that day. It just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. And finally, in my absolutely bizarre sports story of the week, it's the uh, MLB taking over the Dodgers, which is just incredible story. It's, it's almost like they're having a civil war within Major League Baseball. I don't ever remember it being done in baseball, where literally the league is taking over in a hostile fashion a franchise. Uh, you know, we had the thing with the Expos a while back. 
that ultimately became the Washington Nationals. But for them to just take this over is, again, you, you know, uncharted waters in, in my book. Uh, you know, it's fascinating. I mean, Frank McCourt is a South Boston guy who uh, made his fortune in owning parking lots up here in Boston, and quite a fortune indeed that he did make. But he and his uh, ex-wife, uh, Jamie, had a very, very public divorce that was about as ugly as it gets that's been playing out both locally in L.A. and nationally for uh, for the last year or so. And, you know, it just seems like... Uh, for Frank, it's become a, a, a bit of a life of lawyers and courtrooms. And, uh, you know, for it to happen to this franchise, again, is really, um, you know, sad is, is the word I would use because it's uh, an iconic franchise. They, the Los, An- the Los Angeles Dodgers literally opened up the West like Lewis and Clark when uh, – they moved out to Los Angeles in the late 1950s. They were, I believe, the only the first sports team ever to go west, young man, as Horace Greeley said. And, uh, and everything followed from there, including the New York Giants moving to San Francisco in baseball and all teams after that. But it was the Dodgers who you know, broke that ground, and they've also broken other ground, of course, the most significant being... Jackie Robinson, and uh, and they're simply an iconic franchise, uh, you know, from Sandy Koufax to Kirk Gibson's home run in the World Series, uh, you know, it just goes on and on and on, and I have went to Chavez Ravine and visited on a non-game day, it was wide open, and I simply uh, walked around, it was fabulous, I walked around outside, walked around inside, and it was truly uh, just a terrific moment to view this spectacular ballpark. And uh, I hope it all works out. I know there's a lot of people that are pretty happy with this. And uh, we'll just see what develops. So, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams, liked to say, it's time to pay some bills. And let's take our break. And next on our show will be our guest, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. 
We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams with co-host John Inglesby. Each week, join Lemont and John as they take callers, discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sit down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America listeners, to the second segment of All Around Sports. And it's that time when we invite guests to join us on All Around Sports. So I would like to introduce Barry, Ru- Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. Barry, how are you doing today? Good, John. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, well, thank you for joining us again, and so glad that we're, uh, we're able to have, uh, have you on to discuss what we did last week, which is, of course, NHL and NBA playoffs. What are your thoughts? Barry. May have lost Barry there for a second, but I'm sure he'll get right back to us. But we'll get right into the uh, NHL playoffs, and the one thing that has got my attention immediately is uh, the Chicago Blackhawks coming back from the dead against uh, against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, right now they're down 3-2, to two, but it really feels like they're up 3-2 to two as they went in to Vancouver and blitzed them 5 nothing last night. So they've now won, uh, and they also beat them the other night pretty bad, but I think we have Barry back, so uh, Barry, are you with us? Yep, I'm here. I'm here, John. Yep, sorry about that. The, the, the perils of live radio, right? Oh. The perils of live radio. We've. It's not the first time, and it certainly won't be the last, but I was just talking about our uh, the Blackhawks storming back in their series against the Vancouver Canucks, so with that said, why don't you pick up... Uh, with your view of the NHL playoffs. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the funny thing is, you know, old champions uh, don't uh, don't go down uh, without a fight, do they? I mean, uh, the uh, Vancouver was up 3 nothing in that series, and uh, Chicago, uh, you know, had some two real gut-check gut performances uh, to make it 3-2 again. And I think that uh, an interesting fact about this series is that uh, – 
you know, when you look at, uh, at what has happened, Chicago has knocked Vancouver out the past two years of the playoffs. So, you know, if you look at some of the recent history, you know, you think, oh, gee, here we go again. Uh, you know, if you're Vancouver, you know, you start to start thinking a little bit. And I think this is what happens, you know, in, in any kind of playoff series once you get to this point. You know, a team gets up, uh, and then, you know, the series seemingly all but over, but then, uh, you know, the team that's up allows the other team to get back into it, winning one, then winning two, and then the team that was ahead starts to second-guess themselves, and the team that was down 3 nothing or 2 nothing, you know, they think, well, gee, maybe we can win this after all, and, you know, I think that's where we are in, in, in that series. Um, certainly, I think, uh, you know, you're looking at the Bruins and Canadians, you know, you could say the same thing there. I mean, the Bruins losing the first two games of that series, and uh, you know, then winning one, then winning a, then winning game four in very dramatic fashion last night. So now their uh, their mental state is a lot better than it was. And you know, now the Bruins are thinking, okay, we're, we're back where we should be. Um, you know, and, and the interesting thing about that series, which may not bode well for the Bruins, is that the um, road team has won all four games of that series. So um, that may be good news for the Canadians, but what we shall see. Um, you know, also, uh, you know, some very dramatic news uh, in New York with the uh, Capitals Rangers series. I mean, the Rangers seeming uh, poised uh, uh, two nights ago to you know, pull, pull even in that series with winning game four of the Garden up 3 nothing in the third period. Uh, the only team uh, in the NHL that had not lost a game after being up, oh, this is all season, okay? They were, 20, they were 29 and 0. Going to the third period of games, uh, you know, uh-huh. where, when winning, a, uh, having the lead, uh, going to the third period, they had won 29 straight games. So um, that didn't happen, obviously, in the in game four. The Capitals coming back to tie and then winning in double overtime. So that's a, a crushing loss for the Rangers. But um, you know, I, I think uh, you know, certainly looking at the uh, at the Blackhawks and the Bruins, you know, having a lot of a lot of uh, new life again in their in their respective series. Yes, I was very anxious to get your thoughts on the uh, Ranger series, knowing you grew up in New York and uh, and that you're very familiar with the Rangers, to say the least. But, uh, yeah, the NHL playoffs are, again, you know, as advertised. Uh, any other series uh, catching your eye? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, I think the, uh, the you know, Detroit, you know, kind of made, made, uh, made short work of... Uh, of, of of their foe in the first round, and uh, you know I think Philly and and, and Philly and Buffalo are a dog fight, and uh, you know there's there's definitely a lot of intrigue this time of year. I mean any any you know one goal one game either way. Um, you know the the you know I, the, the the one thing that that I think was interesting in the Rangers Cap series. Um, you know certainly the other night looking you know we're just watching during overtime. The Rangers definitely looked to be. Uh, a lot more fatigued than the Capitals did. Um, I, I think the the length of the game, you know, certainly took more of a toll on them. Uh, you know, I think their margin for error was very very slim to begin with, and then after losing Ryan Callahan, that it got razor thin. So, and you know, when you look at the firepower that the Caps have on their team, you know, you, you kind of thought you know, every time coming down the ice, like, uh oh, trouble, trouble. I remember saying to my well, watching watching in overtime watching and then saying to my TV every time the Caps came down there it's trouble trouble and you know as, as it turned out it, it it was it was just a freak goal they wound up losing on but you know when they, they, they don't ask how they ask how many and uh, and that's how it goes so um 
you know, definitely uh, you know, a lot of intrigue in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. So, Barry, what do you uh, what do you think's ahead for us uh, this weekend with the NHL playoffs? I'm sorry, John. Can you repeat that? Yes. What do you think's ahead this weekend for the NHL playoffs? What are you expecting? Um, I'm expecting the the Bruins and Canadians continue to be a, a very hard fought series. Um, I kind of think that's going to go the distance. I think the um, uh, I I I'm, I I think the Rangers are probably in in big trouble. You know, uh, I don't think winning three in a row against the Caps is really uh, is really in the cards for them. Um, and again, like we mentioned before, I think um, you know Vancouver and Chicago that's going to be a dogfight. Um, so there's uh, you know lots lot, lot, a lot of good hockey yet to be watched, and um, you know I think we're going to see we're going to see a lot of it. And uh, the game and every and every time you go into the playoffs, you know every every game that goes on in the series, you know it gets it gets more and more tense, you know, especially uh, the way that the that games are in the playoffs. You know a lot of defense and goaltending at a premium, and then. Then we get to overtime. Yeah, I, I still say that the uh, NHL overtime is, is in the Stanley Cup playoffs is probably the best overtime system in sports. It's just uh, you know you're hanging on every play, every shot, uh, you know, because every time down could be could be the last time. I mean, uh, you know, you never know when a game is going to go double overtime or a game like last night uh, in the Bruins and Habs where uh, you know Michael Ryder scored 159 in. That was over pretty quickly. So. You, know, you never know what's going to happen, so it's always important to get get to your seat, have your beverage, and have your food uh, right when they drop the puck. Exactly, and uh, yeah, Michael Ryder, truly the last person uh, you would expect to not only have the overtime winning goal in the Bell Center, but also the uh, you know the first goal of the night on just a screaming shot past uh, Carey Price. And yeah, that and speaking of overtime, that Rangers uh, overtime game was really something special. And uh, you know, we'll see if the Rangers can recover from that. Of course, the big thing in D.C. is is that the Caps are known for giving up three-one leads, which they now have. So there's going to be a lot of interest there to see if they can, uh, you know, hold on to it. And yeah, it's really going to be. Uh, you know, a fascinating weekend, as, as they all are. Um, you know, so we're all going to be riveted, and it's just a great time of year. I mean, uh, you know, I thought last weekend was the best weekend in sports, at least here in Boston, but I have to say that uh, I'm wondering if maybe this weekend isn't, only because the games mean more. And by that I mean, uh, for the past week, it's been Bruins one night, Celtics the next night, and then, you know... It, which has just been awesome. Uh, we had Wednesday off, and then uh, now tonight we have Celtics bat down in New York. Bruins game five, pivotal game five tomorrow in Boston. Sunday late afternoon, Easter Sunday, Celtics back in New York against the Knicks. Monday off, and then, uh, you know, could be looking at game six. We will be looking at a game six with the Bruins Tuesday night in Montreal, and perhaps game seven here in Boston on Wednesday night. And by the way, I think, I find that really weird uh, that they've scheduled games six and seven on back-to-back -back nights in different cities, even though Montreal and Boston are close. We only have about 30 seconds, but what do you think about that, Barry? Yeah, well, it is, it, it, yeah, that is strange. I mean, you know, when, when, when you have a playoff series, you know, you like to think that you give the teams, you know, traditionally you have a, a day off in between 
every game, at least a day off. I mean, it seems like in the NBA with the first round, you have, you know, sometimes it seems like you have a week off in between games, though, the way the schedule's set up. But yeah, it doesn't seem really fair, does it, to have, you know, the, the game six and seven perhaps on back to back nights. That, that just doesn't seem right. Um, you know, they probably, obviously, there was some sort of um, uh, conflict. With scheduling, with the uh, you know, with with the uh, with the arenas, uh, with the form, with the garden. So um, you know what, same for both teams. So they'll just have to you know drop the puck and you know, they'll 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 play whenever they say they're going to play, and uh, and both teams will be ready, I'm sure. Right. Well, it's unusual, but we'll be watching uh, to see what, if any, effect it will have. And speaking of the garden, uh, when when we come back, it's time to uh, take our break and pay some bills so next on our show barry will continue to stick with us and we'll get into some nba playoffs and uh back after the break your internet flagship station for sports Sports. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. How can we get youth into the outdoors? Author Randall Eaton, National Turkey Federation's Josh Fleming, Let's Go Fishing head honcho Frank Peterson, and Illinois DNR's Mark Spangler tell us how they're doing it. Plus, we'll have Cat Daddy and Verve CEO Shannon Young, all as special guests this week. Brought to you by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America listeners, to the third segment of All Around Sports in our second ever show. And fortunately, sticking with us for this segment is Barry Rubenstein of the Sports Department of the New York Post newspaper. And Barry, we just finished up with some NHL, and now we're going to talk a little NBA. And uh, I'm just going to jump right in here with a quick thought, which is, you know, as the Celtics 
ended the season looking bad like they did last year, I was starting to think this team has real issues. And then, lo and behold, I feel like they have indeed turned it on for the playoffs, uh, which many people think is impossible to do, but they did it last year. And even though these two games with the Knicks have been tough, uh, they're winning them, and no playoff game is easy. So I think the Celtics are uh, doing what they did last year. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, certainly you look at face value. I mean, the, you know, they're up two nothing, so you know everything looks 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 peachy, right? Um, I don't know that 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 Doc would totally agree with you because uh, you know I think the Celtics realize that you know uh, with the, with the Knicks being anywhere close to full strength in Game Two, I mean, they 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 uh, that was some kind of Patrick lineup they threw out there. Uh, they almost pulled that off. Uh, you know, the, the Celtics, you know, you know, managing to pull that out late thanks to that steal from. Uh, from Kevin Garnett, but I, I think actually, you know, I, I, when the when the playoffs first started, I I, I agree with you, but I, I'm not quite sure that they haven't shown a couple of warts. I mean, I, I think they the Celtics have had a little bit of an issue closing out games uh, against teams they, they probably should beat, um, and I think the rebounding issue. I mean, you looked at uh, you know some of the the, the numbers that they've put together. Uh, during the series, I mean, the Knicks have really kind of held their own. Um, Amari Stoudemire is expected to play tonight. I understand uh, he was he was standing up uh, uh, during shoot around. He didn't have uh, wasn't going through treatment, but I, I imagine there'll be some more uh, before tip off this evening. Um, Chauncey Billups is not expected to play. His knee injury apparently uh, a little bit worse than than perhaps they thought or, or perhaps they're saying. Um, but I think uh, you know just from some of the post game quotes. And the practice quotes uh, from from Doc Rivers saying, "Hey, look, you know, we really we we have to work hard, and and I think we have to work a lot harder than we really thought we did." And you know, I think that gives the Knicks uh, some hope, even though they're down two nothing. Um, you know, I I think they're hoping that to, uh, you know, to ride the energy of Madison Square Garden tonight. Um, you got to remember, this is the first home playoff game at the at Madison Square Garden in seven years, and coincidentally enough, you know, if you believe in this sort of thing. Uh, ten years ago tonight was the last time the Knicks won a playoff game at the Garden. So if you're looking for some karma, if you're looking for a reason for the Knicks to feel optimistic, uh, that would be it. Um, it would be really hard to do it uh, without Chauncey and with uh, Stoudemire, you know, certainly hurt. Um, you know, I, I still think the Celtics will win the series. I said uh, before the series started, I called the Celtics in six. I'm going to stick by that. But, you know, I think it's going to be... A uh, very hard fought, very emotional game tonight uh, at the Garden, especially from the Knicks' point of view. And it'll be up to the Celtics to kind of weather that storm. Uh, they held serve. Now they have to go to New York, and, and it'll be up to them to kind of, you know, make sure that uh, they stayed an even keel and not get too caught up in the moment and, uh, you know, kind of hang in there. And if they, the Celtics can pull it out tonight, uh, you know, then you're down. Then, then it's a 3 nothing series, and the, the tenor totally changes. So, um Huge, huge game from the Knicks' perspective tonight, I think. I agree, and I had the good fortune to be at a New York Knicks game back in uh, their championship days in the 70s. A uh, fresh-faced kid going to college and uh, met some kids from New York. Freshman year, took me up to Madison Square, and I got to see that great Bill Bradley, DeBusher, Willis Reed, Walt Frazier, Earl the Pearl Monroe team, and... Uh, Phil Jackson, and a memory I'll remember forever, and I uh, got the feeling the Garden's going to be a lot like that tonight, so I can't wait. Uh, moving on to some of the other great series, uh, 
I'm really interested in watching, you know, I think the Oklahoma Thunder in many ways are one of the most fascinating teams in the playoffs. And every time I watch them, I can't help but think how they must be seething in Seattle over them leaving. And right. now this great team with Kevin Durant uh, making waves in Oklahoma City. Well, that's what happens in sports these days. You know, when a when an owner, when a team, they want to build a new arena, you know, uh, you know, they, they, they make these threats, and you know what? You don't build us an arena, we're going to move the team. And lo and behold, that's what happened with, with, with the Sonics, now the Thunder. And, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, I think last year uh, they were a surprise team, a Cinderella team, and I think a lot of people this year expect them to make a little bit of noise. Um, you know, Kevin Durant is a, 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 one of the better young players in the league, uh, you know, scoring 41 and 23 points the first two games of this series, you know, totally dominating uh, performances. Um, you know, I think, the, I think the Nuggets are a team that, you know, we mentioned this in last week's show, uh, you know, a lot of the, the pieces that it got from the Knicks and the Carmelo Anthony trade have really blossomed for them, but I think, uh, you know, the, the Thunder, certainly led by Durant, um, is really overwhelming them so far in this series, and I would expect that, that trend to continue. I really would. Um, you know, just getting back to Carmelo Anthony for a second, um, in the Nick Celtics series, he scored 42 points uh, two nights ago in a game that you know really went down the wire. Was was basically Carmelo Anthony, a bunch of you know bunch of, of, of bench guys um, scoring 42 points in a playoff game. Uh, only three other players in Nick's playoff history have scored more points than that in a playoff game. Uh, perhaps you might have heard of them: Bernard King, Willis Reed, and Patrick Ewing. So that's some pretty good company for uh, for Carmelo <laughs> Anthony. You bet, absolutely. Good points, all Barry and uh, and Miami. Miami's heating up as the playoffs roll along here. What's uh, what are your thoughts on that series? And I, I you know it's uh, that's you know obviously the the, the Heat are uh, with all, all the talent they have with all the all everybody bringing their talents to South Beach, uh, so to speak. Um, I actually thought this might be a little closer series, but uh, you know when you we have that much talent on one side. Uh, against uh, a team that really bases its play on, on defense and fundamentals. Um, you know, NBA is a star-driven league, so the, the stars are usually going to win that type of uh, confrontation. Um, you know, you got LeBron James averaging 24 points a game, 12 rebounds. Uh, Dwayne Wade scoring 32 points last night. So, you know, they're, they, seem, they seem poised uh, to finish this one off. They're up 3 nothing, and, you know, continue to make quick work of the, um, of the Sixers. Um, I think the Bulls uh, are an intriguing uh, team, too. A lot of people expecting Chicago to go very far in the playoffs. Um, certainly, um, Derrick Rose is, is living up to all the, uh, all the expectations. Uh, he's averaging 32 points in the uh, you know, first, uh, first three games against the Pacers. So, yeah, I would expect that series to be over very quickly as well. So, I, I think we're going to see Miami advance. We're going to see Chicago advance. Those are two teams that really... Uh, you know, are getting you're starting to roll at the right time. Yes, and Derek Rose, that was the next person I was going to bring up, but you beat me to the punch, and and rightfully so. Uh, what he's doing is unbelievable. I mean, he's putting this team on his back, and you know, I, I've watched him a couple of these games, and it reminds me of a uh, time long ago when uh, Michael Jordan, a young player, and I believe maybe his second year, walked in the Boston Garden and scored sixty three. 
uh, although the Bulls lost. And uh, we all know how that story turned out. And I'm not comparing Derrick Rose to Michael Jordan yet, but I will say he does seem to be putting them on his back a little bit. He certainly did in the last three minutes of game one. And uh, he is a special player. I just continue to be amazed. And uh, the other thing is, you know, speaking of game ones, pretty remarkable how both the Lakers and the Spurs lost their game one. Uh, obviously, they both bounced back. But what was, what was your take uh, on that surprising development, the way the NBA playoffs opened out west? Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, especially, uh, you know, the, the Spurs have been – so good all year, but you know they're they're one of those teams too, or you know you kind of you kind of know what you're going to get out of them every year. It's the, the, the same kind of same kind of group, and the same, they play the same way, and they're so good. But you know, they get a, law, a little long on the tooth. I kind of compare. You know, I don't know if this is a great analogy enough, but I kind of compare the Spurs. If you look at the Spurs in the NBA, and you look at the Detroit Red Wings in the NHL, they're both very similar looking teams. Both teams with championship pedigrees. They've won a lot of uh, championships in recent years with pretty much the same cast and you know they've got they both casts have gotten older uh both casts have you know worked very well together and you almost wonder if if it's kind of like the end of the road certainly not not for the red wings yet because they swept their first round series but for the spurs you, know, you have to wonder how much further they can go i mean you know duncan's not getting any younger um uh, you know ginobili and these guys so they're, they're, they're they fit well together but you kind of wonder how how much longer they can go with that formula um the thing that most interests me about the Lakers uh, series, um, if you look at Kobe Bryant, um, he goes uh, 13 for 26 for 34 point, or, I'm sorry, 34 points in game one. They actually lose that game to the Hornets. And then in game two, the Lakers win the game, despite Kobe going three for 10 with 11 points. So you know, it's kind of funny how those two games worked out. But I, I would certainly expect Kobe to come back in game three with, uh, with fire in his eyes. Uh, with uh, Tiger blood, as uh, Charlie Sheen might say. Um, <laughs> right. So, you know, when, Co- when, when I think Kobe is, is such a competitor, much like Michael Jordan was, you know, when, when he's challenged, you're going to see him come out and really, I expect him to come out flying in Game 3, and I expect a big, big, big performance from both Kobe Bryant and the Lakers in Game 3 of that series. Yes, I do, too. Uh, it'll be a turning point game down in New Orleans. And another note uh, on Game 1, Lakers. Hornets was, of course, the play of Chris Paul, uh, CP3 as he is known, and he was just incredible. Uh, someone I've always liked, literally back to his Wake Forest days, and uh, and he just put on a show out at uh, out in Los Angeles at the Staples Center, and uh, I think he announced his arrival. Uh, you know, as a postseason performer, uh, he showed some things a few years back when the Hornets uh, made a run, but. He's an awesome player. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, um, he certainly is. You know, uh, stepping up in a big spot as you know, great players do. I mean, uh, you know, that's what you expect from players of that uh, that caliber. Uh, and you know, he's certainly fitting the bill there. Um, I think you know, he's a guy that they they're already talking about uh, in New York. Uh, perhaps uh, signing a free agent contract with the Knicks after next season. So this is the way it works in New York. You know, they. They, they they tend to look ahead, and uh, you know that's great that he's he's doing doing great with the Hornets and putting up all these numbers. But they're they're kind of biding their time. Uh, perhaps the next great point guard uh, at Madison Square Garden, uh, we might see uh, Chris Ball filling that role there. Oh. 
That would be fascinating since Cha- Chauncey Billups, uh, you know, is clearly nearing the end of his career, and uh, but great player in, in his own right. But that would be just the perfect signing. Again, as, as we discussed last week, you know, uh, before the Celtics next series, any team with three superstars in the NBA, if you want to include Billups for now, uh, you know, is, is formidable. And uh, clearly, you know, the Celtics are finding that out, and I think it's just going to be a fascinating, fascinating weekend down in uh, Madison Square Garden, to say the least. And uh, it's just going to be wonderful. And, and speaking of New York, uh, Next week we have the NBA draft coming up, and or excuse me, NFL draft coming up, and just wanted to get your quick thoughts as we head into break uh, on the draft. Well, I think that there's a lot of, uh, you know, obviously a lot of focus are being placed on some of the uh, better rated quarterbacks in the draft. Um, I was watching uh, ESPN Sports Center this morning, and uh, uh, one of the better segments that, that they do right around draft time is that they have uh, John Gruden, the former uh, Raiders and Bucks coach, now of course an analyst on ESPN. He interviews some of the prospects and really grills them and really you know tries to kind of knock them off their game and tries to really see what they're about mentally. And uh, this morning's segment uh, featured uh, Cam Newton from Auburn and the uh, he is uh, widely expected to be the first overall pick by the uh, Carolina Panthers, and uh, I thought Newton handled himself pretty well. And, uh, and I thought Gruden was really trying to, you know, kind of catch him off guard and you know try to talk about some of the off-field issues, uh, family issues that have uh, you know been been talked about. But you know, Cam Newton kind of gave it right back and says, you know what, it's these types of things that really motivate me. And people say I, I'm not an NFL quarterback and I'm not this and I'm not that. He says, but I use that as a like a gun, I use it uh, and keep that stuff in my chamber, and you know that's what really motivates me. And I thought he came off very, uh, very, uh, uh, very positive, um, not arrogant, but just very confident. So I think that's a really good sign. Of course, the Panthers have a plethora of other problems, uh, but uh, you know if you're just looking uh, for that, for uh, you know certainly the uh, the confidence factor, uh, he's got that, and if, if he can. If he can parlay that into uh, you know becoming a, a good NFL quarterback, then uh, the Panthers might have themselves something very very special. I agree, I agree, and uh, I love those Gruden segments. Uh, I saw the ones with uh, you know Jake Locker and uh, Blaine Gabbert, and they were also excellent. And uh, I am going to be down covering the draft in New York City, and so let me ask you, as someone who works right in Midtown. What's it going to be like down there? Have you ever been in New York when the draft's being held? Yeah, I've, I had the good fortune to uh, cover a draft once, and it's quite an experience. You, know, you have the uh, you have the gallery gods in the peanut gallery. You know, most of them wearing Giants and Jets jerseys. You know, hanging on every uh, every move that two two home teams make, and uh, it, it's 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 really an electric atmosphere. And I think it's going to be very special. Of course, this year you have the labor situation kind of uh, kind of throwing a, a very dark shadow over the whole proceedings, but. Um, you know, certainly for that night, um, it should be a very special evening in New York. Um, you know, I still think that the, the labor situation will get settled. Uh, it might be protracted a little while longer, but, uh, you know, when all is said and done, they, they can't afford not to settle. But to, to answer your question, the, the, yeah, the draft is great. Uh, the, the, uh, the one year I got to go, um, several years ago, it was, uh, it was a very enjoyable, very special night. And uh, I expect more of the same this time, for sure. Oh, that's great feedback, Barry. Uh, well, the way I look at it is, you know, anything that is non-lockout related, 
but yet football is a good thing, number one. Absolutely. And number two, uh, I'm very excited. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that's interesting for this being the first draft that I've ever attended, which is, of course, for me, a bucket list item, uh, is that, you know, because of the lockout, it does make it unique for better and worse. I mean, I'm just anxious to... Basically, uh, you know, get the lay of the land, read the body language, try to get a handle on, you know, what, uh, which way the wind is blowing, shall we say, with the lockout, what the feelings are. And I, I think that's going to come across in addition to all the great things that the NFL draft brings. So I'm looking forward to it. And, Barry, I uh, just want to thank you again for coming on the show. You've now been my guest on the first ever two shows and uh you know look forward to having you come on again and uh most likely next week to get your perspective on the draft and once again i appreciate it great insight as always and uh we'll look forward to talking to you soon thank you john my pleasure and uh we will talk very soon look forward to it bye barry thanks take care now your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports this is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now Back to the show. Welcome back, Voice America listeners, to the fourth and final segment of the second ever show for All Around Sports. And thanks again to Barry Rubenstein of the Sports Department of the New York Post for joining me uh, again for the past half hour. And Barry, as he did the first week, 
brought just tremendous insight uh, to the show. So, um, we're now at that segment where I kind of look ahead and give you my picks of the weekend so that we can all plan our non-sports life around these weekend sports priorities. I, I already touched on, of course, uh, you know, my picks with NBA and NHL playoffs and the rotating Celtics tonight, Bruins tomorrow, Celtics the next night uh, happening up here in Boston. And I'm sure it's the same uh, with you in your various cities because, uh, again, like the first round of the NCAA March Madness tournament, uh, this is the best week or two of the year when both the NHL and the NBA have first round playoffs and uh so there's just non-stop games i mean it just starts at around seven o'clock here in the east coast and you know between local broadcasts nhl on versus nba on tnt uh it's just going till one two in the morning uh night after night after night after night uh doesn't last long so i for one enjoy it and i'm sure that you do too so uh for my picks of the weekend for me personally, uh, I'm very fortunate. I actually get a jump start on the NFL draft since uh, tomorrow I will be attending a Patriot season ticket holder event at Gillette Stadium, which is about 20 minutes from my house. And uh, it will be a draft preview with uh, ESPN talent, and uh, which in- will include Teddy Bruschi, f- former New England Patriot great, obviously, as well as uh, Todd McShay, expert, expert draft analyst, uh, Michael Smith and Mike Reese, uh, both who live locally here in the Boston area, and uh, both football experts. So, I attended last year. It was fabulous and uh, very, very much looking forward to attending this year, to say the least. Uh, and then, as I mentioned during my uh, close with Barry, for the first time ever, I will be attending the NFL draft in New York City next week uh, with media full media credentials. So down in the press box at... Uh, Radio City Music Hall, and after years and years of watching it, uh, you know, on TV, I, I personally just cannot wait to go. I've talked to a few people uh, right from here in my small town of Medfield, Massachusetts, who have attended the draft. They said there's really nothing like it, starting with uh, the way they pass out wristbands and the crowds assembling and. You know, outside Radio City, uh, about 24 hours before the draft begins, um, and you know the various fans always highlighted by it seems Jets and sometimes Eagles fans, basically going crazy, or as Barry referred to them, uh, you know the gallery gods. So I think it's just going to be a fascinating atmosphere. I just can't wait, and uh, obviously this is, this will be the second ever primetime draft, the first being last year, and uh, so Commissioner Roger Goodell will step to the podium uh, soon after 8 p.m. Eastern next Thursday night, and sure to be just an absolutely fascinating night, not to mention the picks, where will Cam Newton go, is uh, clearly the number one question of the draft, 
And the next night, which is rounds two and three, are also sure to be equally fascinating. And the NFL is doing something really interesting to me. Uh, I know they began it last year, but this year they've taken it up a notch. I had just gotten a news release from the league that uh, they're going to have former NFL greats announcing each second round draft pick. And uh, the list is quite impressive, to say the least, for the Bengals, Anthony Munoz, Shannon Sharp for the Broncos, Barry Sanders will be announcing the pick for the uh, Detroit Lions, Jim Taylor for the Green Bay Packers. And uh, when I was very young, I used to love Jim Taylor in the backfield with Paul Horning, uh, to say the least, on the great Packers' legendary ice bowl teams. And uh, also, Willie Lanier will be announcing the picks for the Chiefs. Uh, Andre Tippett, Hall of Famer for the Patriots. And uh, Joe Morris, who is from up here in Air, Massachusetts. I actually covered his brother, Jamie, in high school football. And, uh, and Jamie, was, uh, Jamie went on to great things at University of Michigan. And finally... Franco Harris of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I covered uh, back in the day when uh, they were winning, when they were the famous Steel Curtain era. And, of course, that was launched with Franco Harris's Immaculate Reception. So uh, I will be broadcasting live from New York City next Friday, 1 p.m., for the third ever all-around sports show. And look forward to helping you all Join us, and we'll talk uh, about my impressions of the NFL draft from Thursday night. Goodbye, all, and have a great weekend. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.